Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. We do honor Jesus in this place, and it is the time of the year where we celebrate his birth. Come on. Isn't it, is it crazy to anyone else? It's not old news to me. Like, God somehow got small enough or sovereign enough to fit in a baby. Like, does that blow anyone else's mind? Like, the creator, God of the universe, fit in the form of an infant. Even the form of a fetus. Like, uh, the cell, like, in Mary's womb. Like, God fit himself in there. Huh. Stop blow anyone else's mind. I, it messes with me. So I want to read about his birth, and I want to talk about the word Emmanuel. We won't keep you forever, but we'll keep you long enough. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I have to share this because this is so cool. I am officially time traveling today. I am in multiple ways. This is Arise Church Brandon right here. I am on their screens right this morning reading the scriptures to them and ministering to their church. That's me. Reading the Christmas story over them, and this was totally their pastor's idea. It was like, hey, why don't you just, this will be a way we can have unity in the region. Why don't you read the scripture for my message before I preach it and say whatever you want? I'm like, it's oh, a great idea. So I'm in two places at once, literally, today. <laughs> it's so cool. It's like one of my prayers has been answered. Like, Lord, <laughs> there's four resting places. I'm like, could I be in all of them? And they say that he answered it a different way. Anyway, but isn't that cool? Like, it's just the church being one church, bi-locational, yes. And I was reading this actual, this script, the same story, Christmas time. We're going to read Matthew 1, 18 through 23. We do have it on the screens for you. I'll move out of the way. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together... She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name, say it with me, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel. Let's say it again. Emmanuel. Oh, I love this story. I love... That God did not leave us to deliver ourselves. <laughs> oh, I'm so grateful that Jesus didn't leave me to figure me out. <laughs> leave me to save myself. Leave me to escape out of my own devices. No. No. He came and he rescued me from me. He saved me from me. <laughs> he didn't save me from you. He saved me from me. I ain't worried about you. I got my own problems. I got my own issues. I got enough. I got a mountain of history that 
just dwarfs any problem you could give me. He saved me from me. He didn't save me from Rhonda. Rhonda's perfect in every way. Are you kidding me? It's like Jesus on the front row. God did not save me from Rhonda. God saved me from me. And I have been saved through and through, through and through, body, soul, and spirit. I have been healed. I have been rescued. I have been delivered. I'm discovering what I've already been. It's unfolding before me who I've always been since before time began. I'm not becoming anything. I'm becoming aware of what I've always been. Emmanuel, God with us, was the beginning of humanity being able to say things like that with their mouth. Emmanuel was the impetus of a people wearing flesh being able to say, I am not of the flesh. There was the beginning of a union between the divine and the dust. It was the starting point. Emmanuel. Say Emmanuel. Oh, this word is beautiful. I'm going to read out of a Bible dictionary because I'm a dork. All right? I'm a nerd. I'm a Bible nerd. I am. I am. I really am. I read Bible dictionaries for fun. That's what I do. I do. And there's a thing, it's amazing, called the Thayer's Greek Lexicon. You should read that. It's awesome. Okay? And it goes through all these different words because I'm not a, I can't read Greek. You know, I can read it in English. I can't read Greek. But this is written in Greek. And so I can read what the Greek means if I read a dictionary here. So the Greek word Emmanuel, according to the Thayer's Greek Lexicon, is the name that denotes the same as another word, which is the anthropos, which is Christ regarding as, regarded as having both a divine and human nature. So, Emmanuel is the same definition as the anthropos, which is Christ having a divine and a human nature all at the same time. And the lexicon goes on to say it has reference to the personal union of the human nature and the divine in Christ. This word Emmanuel is just way deeper than the songs we sing, you know. I, I love the songs. I've been waiting to preach the songs. They've been in my head all week, like those, you know, Emmanuel, God is with us. I love it. You know, blessed Redeemer. Anyway, those have been in my head. It's just been in there. I love the songs, but there's a depth here that maybe we could just shoot over if we think it's a, just a, a nice melody, okay? It's a reference. It's a revelation of the human nature and the divine nature becoming one nature. It's the beginning. It's literally a reference from Isaiah 7:14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. So it's not just Greek, but it's Hebrew. In the Hebrew definition, it's two words. It's am and ail. Okay? And it literally means with God. I'm ail. With God. With God. And the Brown Drivers Briggs, another dictionary, I told you I was a nerd, right? This actually means to deliver his people as a declaration of trust and confidence that with us is God. With us is God. With God. Emmanuel. With God. It's not just that God it came near. It's not that God came in the room. It's not that God came on the earth. God intermingled himself with humanity. This was a prophetic declaration of your union with Christ at salvation. Emmanuel, I'm going to 
intermingle myself into the creation I have created. You guys realize that when Jesus, Jesus always existed. It's the word before, in the beginning. Are you with me? Jesus always existed. He didn't begin this day. He became something new this day. That we're talking about. He actually intermingled the divine into the human kind. Are you getting this? You understand that as soon as he entered that form, Emmanuel, he would stay in a human and divine form forever. This is the shift of eternity right here. This is the turning point of all time is right here, this birth. Jesus wrapped himself in flesh, and the angel saw the face of God for the very first time. They're in, the, in heaven covering their eyes. They can't see his face. They looked in on this moment. You know why the multitude showed up? They're like, we're going to see him for the first time. The multitude of angels, the myriads, they're like, we're going to see Jesus' face. It's finally here. The day has come. We get to look him in the eyes. You understand? Read your Bible. They can't. It's just too much light. They can't. In heaven, they couldn't. So when Jesus came through Mary... Think of it. When God came through his creation, they could see him clearly for the very first time. Emmanuel. And Jesus grew, giving himself up as a, as a love offering, as a sacrifice, died, rose again, and he took that body he got through Mary into the heavenly realm. You understand? Jesus ascended with his physical person. Okay, there's a heresy called Gnosticism that says he was just a spirit that manifested. No, he was a human. Flesh and bone is on the throne. Emmanuel. Come on, I'm going to read this to you. This is from Brian Simmons, his comment on Matthew 123. He says this. Are you ready? This is about the word Emmanuel. He says, this is Dr. Brian Simmons. Y'all need to go to the doctor, all right? Dr. Brian, he's a friend of mine. He knows what he's doing. He's a linguistics. Some people don't like him. That's your cue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, is it? I hope this isn't being recorded. Okay. <laughs> this is just. <laughs> We're not recording, right? I hope really not. <laughs> if, no, if it is, delete it. <laughs> No, like Bible Gateway took the Passion Translation off because of some hit articles that were written. Yeah, but they were written by people who are extremely offended at Brian. It's obvious. It's like, whatever. Okay, it's ridiculous. But it's out there still. You can buy them. There's a couple of physical copies. I don't know whose those are. I'm not giving them away. Okay. <laughs> Emmanuel, God became one of us. Matthew 123, his comment. It says, listen to this. A new nature is about to be planted in the soil of humanity. Emmanuel is a term used for this new creation life coming down out of heaven. It will begin as a man, but will soon become a company of men and women. Emmanuel is the partnership of heaven and earth, God and humanity. Deity and dust. Adam Clark says, Emmanuel is literally the strong God with us. He's with you. Let me say it this way. This is Caleb's opinion. Emmanuel, Caleb's opinion. Say Caleb's opinion. 
This is not doctrinal. Emmanuel is supposed to reach beyond God with us to God within us. That's my opinion. God within creators, creation. Creator within creation. One. One. I do it all the time because it makes people mad. This is not how you and Jesus are. You and Jesus are not like this. You're not tight. No, you and Jesus are one. Or he's a liar. He said, I pray that they will be one with me as I am one with you, John 17. So either Jesus is a liar or this is Jesus, this is you. You're not Jesus, but you're one with Jesus. You are not Christ, you are not God, but you are one with God. Dust and deity have kissed. There was a birth. Emmanuel, he proved he could do it. Intermingle the two. And he not only did it there, but he rose again. He's the firstborn from among the dead, that he might have many brethren, sisterin, <laughs> that we would be the family of God. Why is this so important? And I'm going to end with this. I really am. Why is this so important? Because the Christmas story should be more than a fairy tale from Galilee. It should be a prophetic auction of your intermingling with the Godhead. That a reminder, an annual reminder that you are meant to walk as God on the earth. You understand Christ is coming back to us. We believe in the bodily return of Jesus. He's coming back to us, but not before he comes through us. We are supposed to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he wants to answer. Amen. He gave us the prayer so he could answer. Amen. He, Lift up your heads, O you gates, is right. That the king of glory, the Passion Translation says, might come through you. A gate is meant to be used. It's supposed to let things in or take things out, right? Jesus wants to enter in through you, through you. But it will never happen if you believe God is up there and you're down here. It will never happen if you believe your humanity restricts God from using you. How does your humanity restrict God from using you when God decided to use humanity to portray himself for the first time, even to the angels? Did you hear my question just now? How does your humanity restrict God when God first used humanity to display himself for the last time? Hebrews 1 says that he is the exact representation of God's being. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, born of a virgin, is the exact representation of God's being. No other moment in Scripture is the exact representation of God's being. You read Genesis, you read Isaiah, you read all those things. None of those are the exact representation. No one, no scripture claims that this is the exact representation. Moses is not the exact representation. Joshua, Caleb from the scriptures, not the exact representation. Okay? You name it. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the only exact representation. So how does your humanity restrict him from representing himself when he decided to use humanity to represent himself exactly? It doesn't even make sense. You're like, I limit, I'm, I'm restricted. No, you're, you're awesome. You're awesome, Frankie, but you ain't that cool. All right? God is more powerful than Frankie. And God can use Frankie's humanity to display himself on the earth. You know what it is? Jesus is the model. The Father is the painter. We are the canvas. And the dysfunction and failures of our life is the paint. I'm going to say it again for Abigail in the back. Jesus is the model, our resident mystic painter. I'm surrounded by her paintings in my office. All I got to do is walk in there and get whacked. It's awesome. 
Jesus is the model. You've seen these, like they're painting, they're like looking at them. Jesus is the model. The Father is the painter. You are the canvas, your life, your events, your history with him. And the dysfunction of your life and your failures are the paint, the different colors. He picks up your dysfunction and says, yep, I can use that. Yep, I can use that. Oh, they obeyed me. I can use that for sure. Oh, they believe me. I can use that. Oh, they're doubting me. I can use that. I need that color. Actually, that'll go perfect right here. Oh, 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 oh. I saw this coming. I have a color for that. Here you go. There's Jesus. He's not running from your dysfunction. He's partnering with it. He's not running from your humanity. He is using it. It is the tool he used. Emmanuel. With God. God with us. Come on. Jesus, we thank you. You are not running from our limitations. (laughs) You're not shying away. You're not covering up our frailty. You are kissing the dust once again. (laughs) This morning has been a divine kiss on your dust. You are embracing us in our humanity, in our creation selves, to display yourself on the earth. We say, we're good with it. (laughs) We loose ourselves of these false expectations of what we call perfection. You call a garden with dirt and fertilizer perfection. There's got to be some holy crap if things need to grow. You need fertilizer to accelerate things. You got bad things going on. That's called holy crap. I'll say it off the microphone. It's called, all right. It's, that's what it is. It's holy. It's holy. It's holy. I'm so glad this is not being recorded. (laughs) Don't quote me on Facebook on that one, please. I'm not advocating sinfulness, the opposite. I'm not advocating dysfunction, the opposite. I'm saying whatever you give him, he will use. So give him good stuff. Give him purity. Give him surrender. Give him holiness. Give him the right choice because that's actually more for you than for him. He will use whatever you give him, but he knows when you walk in his ways, it will bless you more. So partnership with God is not even for God. It's for you. Like, I'm going to do this for the Lord. (laughs) I'm going to start a church for Jesus. (laughs) You're crazy. He doesn't need you to do anything for him. God God does not need. God does not need. God does not need. God does not need. It's a full sentence. He needs me to. No, you're wrong. Now you're bearing a burden he never gave you. God does not need. He has no needs. He's the only one who is needless. We are the one with needs, and he knows what we need. He says, come out of impurity, because that's what you need. He says, come out of falsehood, because this is what you need. I don't need you to come out of falsehood. You need you to come out of falsehood. Come on. Have you noticed that God uses really screwed up people? You're looking at one. All right. 
He uses messed up people. How? Emmanuel. God with us. He's not running from your humanity. He's embracing and using it. Come on. I'm not talking about evil or perverse ways or wickedness. Run from that because it will kill you. I'm saying your limitation, your lack of time, your limited days, your limited energy, your limited whatever, your mental faculties, your history or lack of, your schooling or lack of. God is with you. God is with you. You know, it's different to be among someone than to be with someone. I am with Abraham. Abraham is with me. I'm among you all, and I'm with you in heart. But we are, we are with, all right? We are with one another. He said it to me here. He said, if they kill you, they kill me. There's accusation. There's stuff all the time. You guys, I'm not going to come up here every week and complain. But I could. And it would be a fresh complaint. It'd be in the last seven days. He knows. Don't tell him about it. But he knows. He doesn't even know the half of it, though. Okay? I'm with him. He's with me. We are in it forever until we shed these tents or Jesus returns. We are covenanted with one another. That's how God is with you. He's with you when you forget he's there. Emmanuel. He's with you when you don't want him in the room. Emmanuel. There's nothing you can do to make him leave the room. You can't send him out the door. It's impossible. He's with you. Emmanuel. As soon as that birth, as soon as that declaration came, you shall, you shall call him this, with God. God with us. Emmanuel. As soon as that declaration came, it was over. And now we receive it by faith. He's with you. Is that encouraging to your heart? Is that good news or what? <laughs> Does anyone feel like a license to sin? Oh, God's going to be with me. I'm going to go do it anyway. No, of course not. If you know God's standing next to you, the lover of your soul, you actually won't sin. It's when you lose awareness of him that you get into temptation. Temptation is sick when you know the sun is standing right next to you. Let me get it better. When the sun is standing in your shoes, inside of you, when you realize the reason you're upright is because he is righteous. He is the right one. That's why you're upright, because of his righteousness, not yours. You remember these things? Sin is disgusting. Temptation is gross. It harms your brother, your sister on the earth, and you'll have none of it. Emmanuel, with God, dust and deity, divine, in us, in real time, right now. Amen? So just put your hand on your heart, your head somewhere, and say with this with me. Are you ready? Every believer in here is legally allowed to say this. Every Christian. You ready? Say this to the Lord. You're in there. Nope. Say it again. You're in there. You're right there. You're closer than my breath. <laughs> you are there. No more, guys. I'm breaking off of you the lie that he is far off, that he can, you can make him leave the room. That's a lie from the pit of hell. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's right there all the time. Why? Because his name is Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.